Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Eric Nalin, publisher, InsideTexas.com. It's time for our weekly State of the Program, sponsored by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, Eric, I tell you what, uh, Longhorns survive against, uh, they do more than survive. They thrive against Iowa State in Ames, in my opinion. Finally put together a second half that I think uh, not only was Steve Sarkeesian uh, happy about, but a lot of Texas fans. Yet now, you know, all their hopes and dreams are ahead of them as, re- as a result of that. And that puts additional emphasis on this game uh, Friday evening in Austin at DKR against Texas Tech, a Texas Tech team that's won three in a row. Uh, and so we'll see what Joey McGuire's team has. Uh, your thoughts going into this game for Texas, uh, a big one uh, for the Longhorns. Well, I mean, the season has been um, a lot like these uh, mountain climbers that go up to the 8,000-meter peaks. You know, there's 14 of them, and, um, you know, the, it's it's always a struggle. The whole thing is a struggle. It's There's no easy. The approach is a struggle. It's 21 days of hiking, and uh, then acclimatizing at 17,000 feet is tough, and then you're up at 24,000 feet, and then you're in the death zone at the very, you know, the last 1,000 uh, feet or so. Uh, the, it's always a struggle, and then you get to the top, and it's all worth it. So this season has not been easy. You know, it hasn't been a nice little le- leisurely hike at all. Uh, so I think so far they're surviving. You know, that's the whole – they might be dumping oxygen canisters left and right, um, but and they might have lost a couple toes along the way. Uh, but you know, so far they're doing, they're doing well to hold on. And that, of course they've got tech with a game that, you know, it's unfathomable to me that they could lose this game. Uh, just, you know, everything that's on the line, but just with, um, I think the, the, the taste left in their mouth after the game last year, most, one of the most improbable losses any team suffered last season was the, the loss that Texas had in, in Lubbock, that it never should have come to that. It took a lot of luck for, uh, uh, for tech to pull that win out and a lot of bad luck for Texas to lose. And now here they are. They've got to be ready for uh, Joey McGuire to really let it all hang out. Um, you know, Joey's going to be going forward on fourth down every chance he gets. He's going to be going up tempo. He's going to throw the ball around. Uh, Texas has to be ready for that. But, you know, Texas has to take the game to him and, and score early and and uh, push the pace. Uh, you think that uh, the Longhorns, you feel good about it this weekend? I do feel good about it. But, of course, you know, uh, when you're going up against a gambler like McGuire, there's always going to be a little hesitation. What's this guy going to pull out? Um, you know, there's going to be trick plays probably. He's, he's going to be ultra aggressive. If, if you thought he was aggressive last year going for it, um, he's, he's every bit as aggressive this year. You know, look at his um, – they were down 14 nothing to UCF uh, last week, and he's still throwing, throwing for it on fourth and, and, and medium uh, on, on their side of the, the field. He's going to – if he's that aggressive against UCF, what do you think he's going to be against Texas in the last game that they have? They're already bowl eligible. Um, you know, I mean, he's going to leave it all out on the field. And Texas has to be ready for that. They have to expect that going into the game. It shouldn't be, hey, look, this guy's going for it in the second quarter. You, they have to know that going in and expect it. They've got a running back that, that runs it. It's not, um, it's not uncommon for him to run it 30 times uh, a game, which is very uncommon in college football these days. But he's not going, to, he just, he's not going into the game thinking he's going to f- feed Taj Boyd 30 times. You know, he's going to come out throwing the ball. Texas has to be ready for that. Yep. Uh, you mentioned uh, something there that I, I thought was uh, intriguing. Uh, Texas Tech has become a more physical program, I would say, under Joey McGuire. They're playing a more physical brand of defense for sure. As you mentioned, they're also running the ball uh, a lot more than they have in years past. It's no longer the chuck and duck of Cliff Kingsbury, right? Uh, yep. Air raid or whatever you want to call it. The thought process here is that Texas has to match that physicality and then match and perhaps surpass Texas Tech 
as it relates to execution. I think that this Texas team will match that physicality. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, McGuire's leaning into his strengths, especially with the injuries he's had at quarterback. He had to lead on Boyd. You know, Jake Strong is a, a true freshman, I believe. True, I think he's true, not a redshirt freshman. And he's, you know, he was turning the ball over left and right. So, you know, they had to run it behind uh, Taj Boyd, who is a physical back. He's a, he's elusive despite he's got really good feet despite his uh, his size. He's he looks more like a pure power back, but he's he's got some uh, uh, agility and elusiveness to him. I just don't think they can lean on that to have a chance against Texas. You know, they don't have guys that can block Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy and, and Alfred Collins and Baron Sorrell. Uh, and at the same time, Texas has, has um, you, you've been able to pass the ball uh, underneath in, in the short game against Texas, especially in the second half of the season. So I think he's definitely going to learn lean on ways that they can exploit <clears throat> some of the softer areas in, in the Texas passing defense. Yeah, uh, Texas uh, right now, uh, that that is the weak point probably of the team, we would say, uh, that uh, penchant to give up a lot of yards, uh, throwing the ball. Uh, Tech, a team that uh, ostensibly could, could take advantage of that, although Taj Brooks uh, certainly uh, is their focal point on offense. Baron Morton now the, the quarterback for them. Um, they have a group of wide receivers that – I don't know if there's a star wide receiver uh, – there, Eric, although they yeah. hope to get Miles Price uh, back for this game, but there's a group of guys, right, that are uh, talented and, and good enough. So you can't really just focus on one guy. Yeah. I mean, they've got capable guys that are, you know, every bit as good as some of the players that have uh, Justin Wells calling me. Uh, every bit as good as some of the uh, the players that have, have uh, moved the ball against Texas in recent weeks. So, I mean, they're, they're capable guys. Xavier White uh, is a good player. Uh, Miles Price is expected back. He's good. Uh, Jaron Bradley's got size on the outside. I don't think he's going to do a whole lot of damage, but uh, you know they've got some quicker guys that can work underneath. Uh, and Baron Morton is good at uh, moving the pocket. I uh, really like what I see of him when he's rolling to his right. You got to you got to stay with him. Um, you know you can't lose your receiver when the when the quarterback starts moving around. He's not necessarily looking to run the ball. He's looking to buy time. Uh, you know they they have a capable passing offense, and Baron Morton is going to be a lot better player than I think uh, what fans are seeing right now. Uh, he's got a bright future down the road. Um, he's there, you know. There's there's some there's some dangerous aspects to the passing game, uh, but I do think that they'll be able to make uh, Tech more one dimensional. You know, as good as Taj Boyd is, and he's going to be playing in front of a lot of uh, hometown fans. He's from Maynard. Uh, you know, he's going to have plenty of motivation in the game. Uh, I just don't think that he's going to have a ton of running room. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what team in the country would, would really run against Texas right now. I, I tell you what, that, the Longhorn defense has just been outstanding and that's a piece of what we're talking about here uh, I want to say before we go to the uh, Texas offense versus that Texas Tech defense I want to say thanks to our sponsor Adam Lowy the Lowy law firm he's been helping injured Texans for decades uh, give him a call at 512-280-0800 or visit him at lowylawfirm.com great thing about Adam and his group uh, they care about client results but they also are willing to give you a free consultation prior to any uh, any kind of contract or whatever, give them a call for a free consultation, 512-280-0800, or visit them at lowylawfirm.com. We mentioned that Texas Tech defense is more physical. They lost Jalen Hutchins uh, last Saturday uh, against UCF late in the game. Now they're saying he's expected to play. That's their big defensive tackle. That was a preseason All-Big 12 selection. They also have Tony Bradford interior. They've got a pretty good defensive front. They're going to try to stop the Texas run game. You agree with that? 
Well, I mean, they have to try. Um, it, you know, I think they might have some success uh, depending on how, how UT decides to run it. You know, running in between the tackles with those two uh, elder statesmen, they're physically mature, they're mentally mature. They've been around forever, it seems like. Uh, they, they are good players. They don't necessarily have NFL measurables, but they have a lot of, um, you know, they, they move well. Like I said, they're physically mature, they're strong, and they're pretty good up front. Um, but, you know, I think Texas is going to be able to run the ball a little bit outside off tackle if they want to. Um, I, I, you know, I think I'm a little more concerned about uh, viewers testing the middle of the field that, uh, what is it, Dadrian uh, Taylor Demerson? Mm-hmm. He's I got five picks, right? I think it's maybe four, somewhere around there. It's just every time I watch Tech going back to last year, it seems like there's two of them. So I think that, that hyphen is warranted. There probably is two of them back there. Uh, just flip the, the Taylor, Taylor Demerson the, the other way around. He's He seems to be all over the place and has has a good nose for the ball. Um, but, you know, I think I think Texas, Texas should be able to run the ball pretty well, and I think they should be able to pass. They can, they can definitely put together a game plan that's pretty complimentary. Um, you, you feel like Texas – Sark made mention of this in his post-game press conference. Um, the last three drives against Iowa State uh, of the first half, Texas had two field goals and a fumble. Okay? That Xavier Worthy inside the 10. Mm-hmm. The next five in the second half, they got the ball five times in the second half. They scored two touchdowns, a field goal, had one three and out, and then ran the time off the clock, three minutes plus. Um, do you feel like that's where this Texas offense would have been trying to get to had Quinn Ewers not gone out against Houston and had that two game kind of uh, where he just didn't play against either BYU or uh, Kansas state. And now that he's knocked off some of the rust, maybe that consistency on offense for the Longhorns uh, can return and keep improving. Well, yeah, probably so. I mean, he's, we started to see after the rough first quarter versus Oklahoma, he started to play, he played, you know, really well in that game. Uh, I think that, yeah, he definitely wasn't seeing the uh, the offense early on uh, versus Iowa State. I think he was a little uh, apprehensive, not getting through his progressions very quickly. Uh, that was pretty obvious to me. Uh, you know, that defense is, is going to give you a lot to think about. And, and you know, when you're when you're back there thinking too much at quarterback, um, you know, that's that's not how you play the position. So, but it, things definitely slowed down for him in the second half. I, I, I think the rest of the team could have helped him out a little bit more in the first half. They had a lot of costly errors, uh, some questionable play, uh, not play calls, uh, officiating. I think it was a very questionable officiating in the first half. Um, but things slowed down, and he started he started making some plays. He, he looked he looked good. Um, you know, I think that's just part of the uh, maturation process for him. He, he doesn't look like a guy that should be heading off to the NFL yet to me. Uh, despite the traits, but I think it is starting to slow down for him. And we've seen a lot of progress from throughout this year. This is, uh, you know, he missed Tech last year. Uh, that game probably would have looked a little different had he played. All right. Uh, one thing that came up uh, on Inside Texas, and Jerry Hamilton looked this up uh, for us. Guys, fourth quarter this year, Eric, Quinn Ewers is over 80% passing in the fourth quarter. He clearly, and you mentioned this, he got slow start. Yeah. Against TCU, he even got off to a slow start, I thought. Got off to a slow start against Iowa State. Fourth quarter, he's over 80% passing for the year. Um, yeah. That is That's phenomenal. Furthermore, he has not thrown an interception this year in the second half. All of those interceptions have come in the first half. Um, are, are we seeing him grow like into an elite quarterback right now? I mean, he's already pretty darn good. But is this part of the growth, you think, into an elite quarterback? Well, I mean, I think he's going to be that. Uh, if he comes back, I think he'll be elite next year, pretty much start to finish. Um, I think 
what we're seeing this year is the sort of the growth I expected. He's he's definitely improved over last year, and he's grown within games. I think the game tends to slow down for him. Uh, you get a feel for what the defense is trying to do. Uh, the coaches put you in better situations for sure. They have a better idea of what the defense is trying to do. Uh, it's easier to get on the same page with your wide receivers. They're seeing the same coverages. They know how to react to them. Uh, I think I think he's definitely growing within games, and and as he continues to do that, he'll grow as an overall football player. I agree with you. I think that he's just he's growing. CJ Baxter, they they need that uh, from from him today. Or that, was awesome, right? that, was a, that was a huge game for him. He uh, he he answered the call. He had been running tentatively the week before. Um, yeah, he, you know, he had been dinged up a little bit, but obviously he ran a little bit more with a little bit more hesitance than than Brooks did. And that that game was huge for him. I can't wait to see him uh, on Friday. You you, th- you agree with me? Brian Irwin and I were talking about this too, Eric. CJ Baxter seems to be a guy that that needs to be lathered up a little bit in the run yeah. game. He needs five, six, seven carries. Then all of a sudden you see a guy that that's seen it before and knows when to to press the lever. You you agree with that? Yeah, I think that definitely helps, especially given his uh, uh, inexperience. You know, that helps him get into the game. Sort of like some of those quarterbacks need to get knocked around a time or two before they really uh, start saying, hey, I'm in a fight now. Um, yeah, I think I think that does help too. Yeah, got it. All right, uh, I want to talk next about some recruiting information because – uh, we got the news yesterday that Xavier Philsame, uh, the defensive back safety out of uh, McKinney, Texas, who is currently committed to Florida, uh, visited Texas, made an unofficial visit uh, for the Longhorns practice yesterday with his yeah. father to Texas. Uh, the, the NCAA transfer portal opens up here uh, in the next two weeks, December 4th. Uh, so there's a lot of recruiting stuff going on. Kobe Black, Justin Wells, uh, broke that news that he's expected to announce his decision November 29th. Texas at currently at 20 commitments, 12 of whom are uh, mid-year enrollees. Just a lot of stuff going on right now in recruiting, portal. It's all coming to a head along with the end of the season, right? Yep. First signing day uh, for the early signing period is December 20th. What what do you make of the next I – mean, it's really a month. I mean, we're, it's the 22nd today. It's basically a month between now and that initial signing day. How much movement can you try to just describe to people what all you expect to transpire over the next month as it relates to recruiting, roster management, uh, the whole ball of wax? Yeah, well, I think it's kind of exciting that signing day is actually sneaking up on us a little bit. Normally, we're focused on it quite a bit because the season is is, uh, lacking a little bit. Right now, we're like, hey, you know, Tuesday night, we're – we're watching the playoff show, you know, uh, but that was a, that was a big bomb by Jerry to drop last night because getting Xavier on campus, you've got to get him on campus a couple times. And th- that's once now you got to get him back on in December. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. 
but yeah, I mean, there's going to be some surprises that, you know, guys that, that visit like that, uh, maybe even a new name or two that, that pops up. That's just going to happen. It's, it's, it's more likely to happen when you're on a good season, you know, so let's finish out if they win the big 12, uh, if they make the playoffs, if they make the playoffs, it'll be announced well before uh, national signing day. Uh, I think that's going to catch a lot of uh, a lot of players' attention. We're going to see the coaching carousel might have an effect uh, on some some prospects that they either have yet to offer, or have, but have been evaluating, or some guys that they have uh, longstanding relationships with. Uh, you've got the portal about to open up as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, so what to expect is I would I would expect the unexpected. There's definitely going to be you know the guys that are locked in the clash right now. You could feel good about them signing, uh, but there's going to be some new developments. There always are. Uh- let, let me ask you this and different take it a different a little different way as it relates to all of that the, the portal itself uh positions that you think texas needs to address well wide receiver is obvious safety is obvious you know wide receiver they're going to lose three guys that played almost what what do they played 90 percent of the snaps this year 95 percent of the snaps probably they were so the dude yeah they're going to yeah. lose almost all their production you know, you can expect a lot out of Jonte Cook uh, next year. Jonte is going to be either, you know, he's got potential to be number one, but he could be a very good number two, or he could be a co-equal number one. You would say Xavier and, and Ed and I are pretty much co-equals uh, this year. Uh, but they've got to go get another portal, uh, a, a portal wide receiver that can make an impact. And then they probably need to get another one just because they lack so much experience. They're losing a lot with uh, losing Worthy and, and Whittington in that regard. Um, so obviously they've got to get two. They might even need a third, like how they got Tyreek Milton a couple of years ago to just kind of fill in the gap. Um, safety is a huge one. They need to elevate uh, the baseline talent in that room. You've got Derek Williams is going to uh, start next year. Uh, but, you know, given how much they like to rotate, you know, they're going to need at least one more safety back there. You know, will Catalan come back? Will Jaron Thompson come back? That remains to be seen. Um, I do believe Texas is going to lose some quality players to the portal. Um this year for the first time and you know previously they were kind of uh, just making room this year they're probably going to lose a good player or two uh but you know they'll be able to replace it tight end needing somebody else especially if assuming jatavian sanders uh, elects to go to the nfl i've uh, got to get one of him maybe an experienced linebacker there's the possibility that david benda comes back uh, and you would want benda coming back if he continues to play like he did uh saturday versus iowa state uh but linebackers potential just because that room is so inexperienced i think the the big thing this year is you know, last year we knew they were going for starters. This year they're going to need to mix and match some starters and some depth players. Yep. Defensive line, man. If if Murphy, Collins, and Sweat all go, Trill Carter may be walking on senior day. Yeah, that, you know, that would be hard. Trill's got to come back. I think he kind of came to Texas understanding the, the situation for this season and, and then looking ahead. I think they brought him in with that understanding. You know, we, we talked to one of the, uh, the 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 most famous draft guys out there, the best draft guys out there, and he thought Alfred Collins would go around the fifth round. So maybe there's a chance that they could get him back uh, and he could boost his draft grade. Obviously, they just had tremendous success with Tavondre Sweat. I think Sweat's going to go in the first round after being a late-round pick last year. Uh, so there's a proof of concept to have him come back. You know, you're starting to see Sweat up for – you know, he's even getting some outside Heisman mention. He's not going to win it, of course, but the Outland Trophy is up for that. Uh, you know, they could just show that to Alfred Collins and say, this could be you, buddy. Yeah, I'm looking at it and, you know, there are a couple of guys. I'm going to I'm going to take this one and go from here. Senior night is Friday night. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are going to be guys walking that Texas may try to get back to return next yeah. year. You mentioned Collins. I mean, Trill Carter, probably David Benda, possibly. Yet you also said, well, so Texas may lose some guys. Right. Via yeah. the portal. 
Um, other guys that they're going to try to keep. Mo Blackwell seems like he would be an. He's he's only going to be a senior, but probably could could graduate, etc. Uh, other guys like that that you're a little worried about from graduation and or portal. And if you don't want to mention portal, that's fine. The guys that they need to try to keep, even if they graduate. Well, I mean, I hope Jake Majors comes back. He's having a good year. Um, you know, that's that's the big one for me. I, you know, I think there's always been the talk that maybe Flood wants to get bigger at the position. You know, I'm more worried about what what's happening at left guard in the run game than I am uh, anything Jake Majors has done. You know, he's started a lot of games. He's having a good year. And if they figure out left guard uh, in the run game, you know, right guard next year is going to be fantastic. DJ Campbell's going to have a big offseason. He's got all the traits in the world. He's going to be a certified road grader. If they find somebody else on the other side to play somewhat uh, to that level, uh, all of a sudden Jake Majors is, looks a lot better. So uh, I hope Jake Majors comes back. We haven't heard him leaving. That was actually on our list to check with sources this week to see what the uh, get the pulse there. Uh, but that's that's the number one that's, thing that stands out to me. I know Maurice Blackwell is expected back next year. Was he on the list to graduate? I, I didn't see that. No, I don't think he's on the list to graduate. I just worry about a player like him who's been used sparingly a little bit, right? Yeah, I think uh, that was effectively, but sparingly. Yeah, but you know he, they they really like him uh, in in his role uh, when they're in base defense. I think that would be something that continues. Yeah, you know they've got some young guys that are are going to be nipping at his heels, but he's got some he's got some he's there's still some learning. For him left to do, he can, he can continue to improve. Um, I, I don't. I haven't heard anything about him. I, I expect him back for sure. Got it. Okay. All right. Uh, I want to say thanks to our, our sponsor one last time. Then I have one more question uh, to discuss. Uh, that's Adam Lowy, our uh, sponsor for this show of every week on the state of the program. He's been helping injured Texans for decades. Give Adam and his group a, sh- uh, a, a uh, call if you've been injured in a car wreck or on the job. 512-280-0800. Adam and his group have been helping uh, Texans for decades. Or visit him at lowylawfirm.com for a free consultation uh, today. Uh, last question here, and, and I'm going to take it back uh, to this, this part. Texas Tech on defense versus the Texas offense. Um, you think you think Texas Tech is going to try to rough up Quinn Ewers a little bit maybe in this game? You know, I, I, I just I get that sense that, oh, well, if we get to him and we rush him and kind of can get him on the ground and that sort of thing, you think they might do a little bit of that? I don't know. I You know, I think uh, – I, I mean, it's football. It's the, football. The best way is to, to continue that pass protection that they had, uh, you know, in previous weeks. They struggled a little bit last week with the Iowa State edge. Uh, you know, they're not they're not t- terribly strong on the on the edges – uh, they they like to bring their linebacker up. Uh, he's not terribly dangerous. Uh, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. Um, but you know, if they do, you gotta, you gotta get them back. If they, if they lay on them a little bit or whatever, you know, the offensive linemen need to go push them around a little. I'm not too worried about that. We'll, we'll see. It's going to be, you know, that that's going to be a chippy game for sure. It's, it's going to be a night game. Of course. Um, I think Texas fans are going to try to approximate, uh, tech fans to the best of their ability. They'll fall way short. Nobody can really, uh, uh, approximate tech fans at night. Um, but, you know, I think it's going to be a lively crowd. Apparently, uh, I ha- I'm not going, so I haven't really checked the, you know, the the situation on tickets and all that. But I hear tickets are going for for quite a, a price. So uh, that should speak to enthusiasm. Of course, people that spend a lot of money aren't the, usually the most enthusiastic fans. Bobby, when was the last time you got really raucous at a game? Oh, uh, <laughs> dude, I went to Kansas State, <laughs> my man. <laughs> oh, that was go. enough. Yeah. I was, hey, I was, the, the, the thought on it that, that I was – and you're, you're right about some things there and that, you know, 
if if Texas um, is sitting here and and it is going to be a chippy game, I you know Texas is if they're not pissed off about some of the things Brett Yormark and I mean look you don't think Texas players didn't see Joey McGuire in the locker room post post yeah. beating Texas a year ago? You're just wrong. If you don't think Texas Tech likewise. They don't think that Texas thinks they're snobs because they're going to the SEC and leaving us behind. Yeah. You're wrong about that. I well, I completely saw- expect a little chippiness, and that's what brought me to my question to you about Quinn Ewers and well, other people. I mean, a little extra, you know, at the bottom of the pile. Look at look at how Texas responded to a lowly guard at Iowa State uh, talking a little trash. You know, he, now you've got the commissioner, the deputy commissioner, put his foot in his mouth. Um, you know, Joey McGuire, you know, I don't think Joe, I think what Joey McGuire said, he, he said in a, uh, you know, after a, a big win, he was animated. I, you know, those coaches, those players have heard similar things in the locker room. Like I know, I know how Sark, uh, I know how Sark said, um, took the, the, the Hofford uh, comments last week, you know, externally. And I know how he handled them internally. And he was a lot more colorful internally than he was externally. So, you know, best believe that they're using all that stuff as ammunition behind the scenes. Well, hopefully the Big 12 does not run through Lubbock. Uh, it runs through Austin, Texas this week. All right, uh, Eric, uh, thanks for uh, joining me today for the state of the program. Uh, for Eric Nolene, I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks for watching. Thanks also to our sponsor, Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. We'll be back again next week, hopefully talking about the Big 12 championship game that the Longhorns uh, might be in. We're trying to uh, – good luck on, on Friday, Eric. I'll see you then, buddy. All right, bud.